For We Teach Me, this is the Masters Series, where industry professionals share their secrets to business success. I'm Sarkis Shenelmish from Written and Recorded. One thing we consistently hear from founders on the Masters Series is that whatever your business is, somebody's probably done it before. This is especially true for things that go wrong. And in this podcast, you'll have the opportunity to learn from the mistakes of others. So those guys invented affiliate programs. They invented exit consoles. These were things that they came up with. They innovated these things. I learned how not to conduct my life. Literally, these guys were off the rails, most of them. I think three out of the four guys are in jail or something happened to them pretty much because they just went too far. So I learned not what to do very quickly. But no, just learning how that mindset of what can we do, what's different. I didn't learn from a university. I didn't learn from someone who'd come before me. It was, we can do whatever you want. Lizard, whatever you want, just have a crack. There's no rules. Just think of something and you can do it. Kristen Holden is the startup manager at Myob and has been working in the digital space for over two decades. He's worked with some amazing success stories, including 99designs, SitePoint, ComBank and Sanitarium and his work at the bleeding edge of digital marketing at the turn of the century was revolutionary. In this fireside chat with We Teach Me's Wayne Lewis, Kristen reveals it's tough to balance looking after yourself and just going for it. That's how I got into this stuff, was I met some guys from Brisbane who were making like $5 million a month each. There's about five of these guys that were just killing it and just went, wow, this internet stuff makes some money. I was doing graphic design at school and I started doing graphic design for them and it was pretty wild. 20-something-year-old guys, unlimited money, late 90s. It was pretty wild in every sense. It's very different to what it is today. There's no such thing as an ecosystem. Well, no such thing as a startup, really. Nothing like this framework that exists today that was there. There was no rules, there was no guides, there was no... PR or any of this stuff, people just running really successful online businesses. Yeah, so no morals either then? Yes, they've been questioned many times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what were some of the things that you were taking out of that at the time and absorbing off those guys? So those guys invented affiliate programs, they invented exit consoles. These were things that they came up with, they innovated these things. I learned how not to conduct my life. Literally, these guys just went off the rails, most of them. Yeah. I think three out of the four guys are in jail or something happened to them pretty much because they just went too far. So I learned not what to do very quickly. But no, just learning how that mindset of what can we do, what's different. I didn't learn from a university. I didn't learn from someone who'd come before me. It was, we can do whatever you want, Lizard, whatever you want, just have a crack. There's no rules. Just think of something and you can do it, which I think is just always followed on from that, that mentality of not, oh, well, this is the way we do it, but what should we do? And how did you evolve your skills from the graphic design? And then how did that take you into the dot-com era? I wanted to make money from what I was doing, which was better than just doing design. So the dot-com era, let's talk, it was ICQ first, funny enough. I built an ICQ spammer. Yeah, I don't even know what an ICQ spammer is. This is before like all the crazy bots were doing Russian stuff and there was heaps of spam going around. I just built something that would literally fire off marketing messages to random ICQ numbers. This is before there was any kind of spam filters or anything. And promote some of these affiliate programs and these guys that I knew and you know, pretty quickly you're making two grand a day from doing something like that because there's no one else marketing to them. It's this channel that there's literally no one else is doing it. It's like, I've got a message, oh cool, I'll click on it. It wasn't like, oh, this is crap and it's Viagra spam or something, which is pretty common with like Hotmail or whatever you use these days. There was no one else doing it. It was great cut through. And then it came down to SEO. It was like, wow, he's this 
Google thing, what can I do with it? So I've got a big background with domain names. At the time, and we're talking maybe 99, 2000, I probably had 5,000 domain names. So I got a thousand of them and ring fenced them and built this, not a, a spammer, but like a, a tool which would link them all together automatically and create pages based on content algorithms and interlink them all. And pretty soon I had 20 million listings per domain name. So you'd search for anything and it wouldn't matter what the domain was because there was no domain relevance back then. It didn't matter whether a domain's authority was about a certain topic or not. You'd buy an expired domain name, it had some juice associated with it and you'd load it with content and you'd rank for everything. So I do think I was still the very first person to ever get a manual penalty on Google. The first I've ever heard of to get them all deleted because I sort of took the piss, I guess you could say. I was just I was pushing the edge with this yeah, stuff. I was going like, to say pushing the boundaries is... Because there was no rules. Literally, no one had done it before. Yeah. The rules don't say you can't have 20 million listings per domain name. Yeah. There was literally no guides. There was no Matt Cuts out there telling people what to do or not do and there was no blogs about what to do and there's no one certainly saying it. The people that knew were doing it themselves and making money. Soon after that, did the guidelines come into play well, after Google that? Google started slapping people, like Google started deleting people, changing the rules, like trying to focus on search quality versus just delivery of traffic. So it became clear pretty quickly that you had to build quality stuff. Two ways to run the business. One is you run it very quickly and you just go, screw it, it'll get deleted at some point. And the second way is you build it from the start with the idea of it being quality content that matters to people. And yeah, that came in mid-2000s, roughly. Now you're all with Myob? Yep. And obviously taking on the challenges with Myob and obviously the ecosystem. Yeah, and some of those businesses that you're interacting with on a daily basis, what are some of the common things that they're struggling with at the moment? What are some of the hardships they're going through that you're able to assist with? So it's a strange one, because I think people have it pretty easy these days, relative to back in the day, all the crap we used to have to go through in terms of starting a business. Like access to VC money is pretty good now. Things like We Teach Me exist, people can learn stuff, stuff like site points there, you can skill yourself up. It's a matter of just execution and your ideas, I think, from in terms of getting one off the ground. I think financial literacy is a problem as well. In the female entrepreneurship space, there's a, still a big problem with the stigma of a lot of old white men have the money, unfortunately. So getting access to capital, raising that early money is very hard. So we do support a lot of female entrepreneurship programs and a lot of things like that because I think it matters and someone's going to do it. I think people just have to stop overthinking everything as well. A lot of people come to me with this 12-month crazy big MVP they've been working on and then they've built like a marketplace platform from scratch. I'm like, why didn't you use marketplace? And they go, oh, or why didn't you build it in WordPress and test the idea or why didn't you that? There's a lot of people just get caught up in this bullshit idea of it's got to be perfect or it's got to be this amazing brand or I've got to have this Instagram profile of doing this so instead of just doing stuff. A lot of people just get caught up in that public version of it now instead of like just launching businesses and trying them out. If you could go back and think about the mistakes that you've made, what would you tell yourself today? Treat it like a business. Like when I was a kid, I just used to waste a lot of money and waste a lot of time. And I think my biggest mistake was after 99, I was a bit cocky. Everything was coming pretty easy in terms of clients coming on and whatever. And the grass was always pretty green and it was sort of like not planning for the future, being pretty blase around that kind of stuff was a stupid mistake. But in terms of when things actually go wrong for you, how do you deal with it? Are you somebody that dives into it head on? Are you somebody that needs a little bit of time away and come back to it? How do you tackle these big problems? There's been times I've done it, both of those, to be honest. I'm generally pretty upfront and head on, but there's been times where I stick my head in the sand and ignore it, to be frank. I've always been an optimist. It's probably my biggest problem. 
I always assume I'll fix it or whatever will happen versus, work out all right. versus holy shit, the sky's falling and fix it. So I guess that's probably a fault and a positive for my character, just being an optimist. So are you now somebody who thinks, okay, well, people have got to be doing these long hours. Are you an advocate for people thinking, okay, work smarter, no, no. work less hours? That, you know, I'm the exact opposite. Work, your... work as many hours as it takes you to get the job done. Yeah. That's another mistake to talk about as well. I learned by crushing my own soul by working 20 hours a day that it doesn't matter. There's always more stuff to do tomorrow. There's always another email going to come in. There's always another, another 20 task. There's another whatever that's going to happen. So that was actually what taught me to have work-life balance. My wife hates it. She thinks I'm lazy because I sort of can shut off and just not decide to do it. But I had to learn that very hard lesson. Literally learned the hard way. There's always more. So do you have certain types of rituals or habits that you put in place to get that balance? Is it, what's some of the easy things people can implement in their lives? I think it's just picking something you get done in a day or a week or whatever and just having a certain amount of stuff you want to do and not just always looking for more to do. Like having a set goal you want to achieve. I think Gary Vee talks a lot about there's always more, there's always like another 50 years, like you're 20. What's going to happen if you're 24 and you haven't made your first $10 million or whatever? That mentality of it takes time, work a bit slower, work a bit smarter. To me, I think just having that mentality with founders, 60% of founders have mental health problems. In Victoria was the latest snapshot. I think I remember hearing, yeah, there's all this pressure, there's always, everything's measured, everything's about shipping code or launching a product or doing whatever. and. Just taking the time to actually have a life as well, I think is important. Realising that there's more to life than work. Do you try and stress that to the people that you're working with now? So these new businesses, are you having these open conversations with people around that? Yes, is a very straightforward answer, yeah. We're th thinking of a program at the moment which would focus on people's mental health and just figure out how we can do that or how we'd help them or whatever. We're just trying to figure, even things like childcare, trying to figure out how to mums and dads can go do work. There's some things like that that would make a big difference, which is coming online now, from what I hear, just in terms of people's stress levels. Guys, can we have a round of applause? Kristen Holden of Myop. How lucky for startups today to have access to the knowledge that comes from Kristen's experiences, particularly that philosophy that no matter how long and hard you work today, there'll still be work to do tomorrow. Just pace yourself. Thanks, Kristen. Next time on Masters Series, creating a business out of the world's problems. Solving people's problems sounds like a great premise for a business. We'll meet a founder or two who are fixing the world one customer at a time. Until then, I'm Sadfiz Shenanmish from Written and Recorded, and for We Teach Me, this is the Masters Series. <laughs>